Celebrating 25 years of Jaguars football. Touchdown. That's five. James George's fifth rushing touchdown, and the Jaguars lead the Eagles 34-7. It is Wednesday, December 11th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by the Fields Auto Group. And now... A guy who swears the video was only for a documentary on smoked meat, J.P. Shadrick. I promise. Uh, Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group. My name's J.P. Shadrick. His name's John Osier. We've got a program for you today. Here's what's going to be on it. The Jags and the Raiders preview coming up. That game Sunday at the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum or Ring Central Coliseum, as it's called now. Ring Central. Players to watch, we'll pick them. Uniform unveiling, Jimmy Luck will show what the Jags will wear in that game. Chris Conley scheduled to join us. We could have a little bit of a jumbled show today. I don't know how different that would be, but uh, the timing might be different than you're used to. Chris might be in a little early today. Jimmy might be a little later, a little earlier. We just... We're just going to fly by the seat of our pants today, John, is what's going to happen. We'll feel right at home. Let's get right to it today. Head coach Doug Marone speaking with the media. And it's that time of year. Obviously, the Jags have dropped five straight. They haven't been close in those games. There are three games to go. There's still a lot left for this team and for each individual, according to head coach Doug Marone. They're really, they're, we're all fighting for our jobs. you know. And I think when you, when you look at it you know, from that standpoint – you know, each person has to make their own decision on how to handle those things. But the league has shown through the past that what happens is, and I told the players, I mean, a lot of times when, you know, you're going to look at film on players, whether they're on your team or you're looking to acquire them, you're going to look to see how they're playing in December. You know, that's one of the main things that you look at, you know, especially when a, a team is not performing. Yeah, so that's that's where this team is right now. We're talking about uh, looking at tape and uh, playing for the name on the back of the jersey and uh, for the future in the NFL. That, that's really what this is about the last three weeks of the season now. Yeah, you're talking about uh, professionalism. And, uh, yeah, there is a reality that sometimes uh, when you're watching it, I remember I, I, when I was a fan back in the day and following different teams, uh, you're on your team to win, and when they're not in it, you you sort of check out a little bit as a fan, but it's easy to forget that these players, you know, it's not Madden. And just because, you know, it seems like uh, players play forever to fans, but these players have short careers and there's a 15, 20, 25 guys on each team who are fighting just as much as, as, as late in the preseason. These guys are fighting for jobs this time of year and they're fighting for a chance to be on a roster next year. Uh, they're fighting for their reputation once they join another team. You know, a coach watches you on film, a GM watches you on film January, February, decides to sign, decides to bring you in. Well, they remember that, what they saw. So you're, the perception of you goes up a great deal, and it's what you talked about. A professionalism, you know, when you're in your fourth or fifth year and you're, you're preparing the right way when your team's out of it in December – that holds some water in this league. So uh, on that level, I don't think that's very interesting to fans because you know, they're mad. You, you've lost five in a row. But to the players who are going out there, that matters. 
Doug Marone also today discussing confidence down the stretch. How do they gain it in the final three games? You know, you gain confidence by winning games, and, you're, and we're not doing that. Well, then how do you gain that confidence? Well, we got to go back and, you know, make sure that we know exactly what, what's, what's going on, feel good about it during the week, feel good about the plan. You know, you put, you put a lot of things in, you know, today, tomorrow. But I'm going to, you know, we really as a staff and, and players have to take a good look at what we can handle and not handle. You know what I'm saying? And, and take it out and live with what we're, we're going to play with, you know, schematically, you know, in the game. So that's um, building up a game plan and being ready for this week's game. And it's not like they don't do that every week, but it, it seems like at this point, what can we really do well? Let's go yeah. execute that. And let's be realistic. There's no confidence. There's not going to be a confidence going into this game in, in terms of a body of work, in terms of momentum. But – what the coaches have to do, and, and uh, Doug's talked about it a couple of times, and I thought it was interesting when he talked about it today, of, look, we've got to figure out, uh, and he was specifically talking about linebacker more than anything, we have to figure out what we can put in that these guys can do and that these guys feel remotely good about because it's been a bunch that has, uh, you know, not always read offenses, not always read keys that well this year. Um what can they do? What are they going to feel good about? What can they execute? Who's going to execute it right? And it sounded from listening to Doug today, like they went back on, on Tuesday, looked at, at, at the Chargers game and said, you know what? We maybe tried to put in too much. Hey, stop Ekelar going this way. Stop this. Let's just simplify it. And it's always thing coaches say, simplify when you're in trouble. And boy, they're in trouble. Um, you know, get it as simple as possible. Read this, go here. Read this, go here. Stop with the air. Stop with the players out of position. Can it happen? Yeah, I, I, we haven't seen it happen, but that's what they continue to strive for. Get a game plan in that the level of player that you've got, the level of football and intelligence that you've got on the field can handle, and that's their task. I had a chance today to visit with Avery Jones, Jaguars defensive tackle. He was on this program last week, and there was a quote that came after the game that was widely circulated on social media after the loss. And to I'll the talk Chargers. about that quote after you talk to Avery about it. Yeah. So uh, the quote was, "If you feel like we're quitting, don't come to the game." That's all I got to say. That was after the game on Sunday. I asked him about that today and if the frustration had boiled over. I mean, it's mostly frustration. You know, stuff like that, loss, whatnot. You never want talk to the fans, especially not these fans, because I know how much they care for us and things like that. But, I mean, it's just stressful to hear people say that people that work their whole lives to get here to a place where it's not easy to stay, where you got to prove yourself day in, day out. And to just think we would quit on ourselves and we would quit on this city. You know, I'm not going to sugarcoat nothing. I know what it looks like out there. There's a whole bunch of BS. There's a whole bunch of loss. People paying hard-earned money to come see us play, and we're giving out this performance. I get that through and through, but, I mean, don't tell no man that's out here providing for his family, chasing his dreams, that he's quitting on himself. Because that's one thing I don't want to see none of my teammates do is quit on themselves. Things can go bad. We could be a bad team. I get that. But there's a difference between being a bad team and being quitters. Because you quit, you quit here now, you're going to quit in life. So I feel like we don't have nobody that's going to quit in life, anything like that. You know, I apologize to the fans. It's probably, well, not probably. I know. I've seen the mentions and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, so I know you upset. That's cool with me. You can talk about me all day, call me garbage, this and that. I don't really care. But one thing you're not going to do is 
go on social media or look me in my face and tell me I'm a quitter. I don't care how bad the game is, so that's not us. Avery Jones today in the locker room with a response and um, an update from after the game on Sunday. Yeah, and when he said it, I was standing there and I kind of cringed because oh, – On Sunday, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know the reaction when, he, when, when a player says something like that. And often after a game, and even within the course of an interview, things get said, and I don't want to use the word out of context, but it, maybe it applies here. Um, Avery said that as part of about nine or ten sentences that he said when asked about quitting. And he, he basically said, look, if, if, you, if you think we quit, don't come to the games. Um, I didn't get the feeling when he said it that that's what he meant. I didn't get the feeling that he was saying, you know, kiss off to the fans or whatever that meant. It was more the spirit of what he just said. Look, you know, we're not quitting. That's not the, that's not the idea that he gets. If anybody has had a good relationship with his fan base, it's been Avery Absolutely. over the years. He's been sure. here seven or eight years. You know, if, if fans, and I think most fans get this who really follow it, but you're talking about a guy who lived through Gus who lived through the first year or two of Gus, who has seen this go back after they thought they had it turned the corner. He's the most tenured guy here. If any player cares about the uniform, which a lot of players don't, they get here, they don't care about anything, you know, if they care about themselves. This is a guy who's been here. I mean, he is one of the most tenured players in Jaguars history now. Not... It's his seventh year, and they've all been with the Jaguars. Right, so he's ingrained in this. He's played Um, 97 games here. Yeah, and uh, I hope that in the long run, people don't associate that sort of one comment in a long quote with Avery. That's how social media works these days. I get it. Yes, I have to own back in your face. But um, Avery Jones does not devalue this fan base. He doesn't want people not to come to the games. his point is one that I think fans sometimes miss. These players don't quit. Uh, you know, y- you might occasionally have one that has a bad back, but overall, these players don't quit. They're out there. They and if for no other reason than he said, they're fighting for their football careers. This is what they do. This is what puts food on the table for their families, et cetera, all those things. So I probably didn't say it as well as Avery said it, but. These guys don't quit, and that was his message of say what you want about us. Say we're not good, say et cetera, but don't say that we're quitting because that's not how these guys feel. Jags are headed to Oakland, the final game at the Coliseum. The Raiders will move to Las Vegas next year. One guy who knows the Oakland fan base and the organization well is DJ Hayden, Jaguars cornerback, the nickel for this team. His second season with the Jaguars, we know what he's been through this season, banged up a little bit, fighting through it, tough guy on this Jags defense. But what would it mean for this Raiders fan base to play in this final game? Well, he would know. He played there four years. He's a former first-round pick of the Raiders. What would it mean for the Raiders fans? What would it mean to him as well? Oh, man, you know, they're very upset that the team is leaving and they're going to want to see a good game. They're going to want to see a good win for them, but – I just hope we go in there and get him a big, fat-ass L. There's DJ Hayden, and uh, that's the kind of the mentality of a lot of guys on this team and on this defense right now. Just just in the slide somehow and uh, go in there and, and wreck the party in Oakland will be a good way to do it this week. Yeah, DJ Hayden's fascinating to me. He came in 
in, in his first year, I remember trying to interview him off, off the practice field during OTAs. And in retrospect, he was a guy who was still trying to find his place here. He was the new guy in the secondary. There was a very tight secondary at the time. Remember you had AC, Aaron Colvin, uh, Ramsey. Uh, yeah, boy, it had been a great secondary year before. Yeah, sure. And I remember uh, talking to him coming off the field. I probably talked to him for seven or eight minutes that day. And it was like pulling teeth to get him to say anything. I, I remember that. Yep. Well, that ain't this guy. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, he has been fantastic this year. You know, and, and again, fans don't care how good a, a quote guy is, but he's been a good player. He's a professional. Uh, he, he He's played well. If you have a bunch of guys like that on your team, you're in good shape. And uh, I like the fact that he's willing to admit today, yeah, I'm looking forward to going back. They gave up on me. <laughs> That's right. And they all feel that, but – in a game where your reputation is is what you have, he's looking forward to going back. He wants to he wants to walk off that field and be able to point to people in the stands, have a good time, laugh, maybe dodge a few seats and get out of there and uh, feel good about the uh, the win on the way home. It's been a bad season, but for him, I'm sure that would be a fun day in a lost season. I think it would be for a lot of the guys. Yeah. Maybe they realize it now or not, but to go out there in the final game, to look at. You know, down the line, if they're watching NFL football twenty years from now, hey, I played in that last game, and yeah, you know, and won I, that last game. And would I, the be A's, nice. you're a baseball guy. The A's still play there, right? not, maybe not for long, but yes. but they're planning to play there next year. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, this can't really be a repeat of Cleveland in '95, where fans were ripping chairs. I mean, because yeah. at some point, the A's people are gonna be like, "Hey, we gotta, yeah, we need, uh, you know, at some point, we gotta put, some, <laughs> yeah." So. In Cleveland, it was it was really sort of a who cared thing, and it was every everything was over. Well, that's still got to be a like a like a functional stadium. Well, it's not year. like the A's are packing them in either, by the way. Well, they're the still difference. a competitive like major league organization. Yeah, you know, from time to time, yes. They were good this year, right? Yeah, they were, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Not in baseball anymore. But here you go oh, on the like, screen. Oh, like you don't follow baseball. Um, Oakland, Alameda County Coliseum opened in '66. And then, of course, the A's moved there in 68 from Kansas City. They shared the facility, the last one shared in the NFL. Uh, some big-time games, some history has been played in that stadium, of course. The, the last AFL championship game from the 69 season played in 1970. The Heidi game in 68, the Sea of Hands, 74. Four different AFC championship games played in that building, and we're leaving a bunch off the list yeah. here. But And it's currently – since L.A. is in play right now, it's the fourth oldest stadium in use in the NFL, the Coliseum in L.A. Soldier Field uh, originally opened in 1924. It was nearly totally refurbished a few years ago, obviously. Lambeau Field in 57. Yeah, and this may be, well, it is. I've been to both. This is the oldest stadium in terms of look and feel. I mean, this one doesn't feel like it's been renovated at all. Correct. Uh, JP, I don't know if you know this or not, because... I don't share very much with you because we're not close. I don't know you. Um, Who are you? The A's, when I was a kid, Oakland A's, you know, the 72, 74 A's, that was my team. Finley so and the whole, the I, whole team. Yeah, I, sure. stood, I still have a record album, Finley's Heroes. I mean, you know, <laughs> so I love going to that stadium because you walk in and you actually see it's painted like they used to have. And you've been, you know, and I, yeah, the A's memorabilia up. So it's, it, it's really cool as a kid who grew up around that. Now, if I was a player wanting to play in it, I guess it's still cool for the Raiders, you know, that kind of thing. But it is a antiquated old stadium. 
uh, and the NFL can't really afford to play in places like that anymore, unfortunately. But it's it's neat for the lore of it. So yep, and uh, it's going to be gone. Yeah, uh, at least out of the NFL. Three straight, right? What's that? Are they still the last team to win three straight? Well, the A's? Yeah. Yeah. Or the Yankees do it uh, during their run. They won run. three out of four. Yeah. That was in the 90s. I, I'd, I'd have to go look. I, I don't know. We'll, yeah, we'll check it. it out on the Google Probably box. Probably for bad TV. But on the computer yeah. machine here in a little bit. Let's uh, come back in a moment uh, around the corner. Chris Conley, Jaguars wide receiver, scheduled to join us. Jimmy Luck, head equipment manager as well. We'll unveil the uniforms. We'll get our players to watch. It's all coming up. This is Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Workers' compensation and auto injury claims can be a hassle. Getting your prescriptions shouldn't be. At Smart Workers Pharmacy, they provide free home delivery of prescriptions with no upfront cost or hassle for the patient. They work with insurance companies and attorneys to handle the paperwork so you can focus on what's most important, getting better. If you're injured on the job or in an auto accident, ask your prescriber to send your prescriptions to Smart Workers Pharmacy. Visit smartworkerspharmacy.com to learn more. The official pharmacy of the Jacksonville Jaguars. At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates, saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. You've reached the Rookie Support Hotline. This is Peyton Manning. Your commitment to keeping Sunday laundry-free is truly inspiring, and Tide is committed to your commitment. You're making the world a better place for our rookies one week at a time. They grow up so fast. Remember, there are plenty of other days of the week, and Tide is America's number one detergent for all of them. If it's laundry night, it's got to be Tide. Welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group. J.P. Shadrick, John Osier, the Jags, and the Oakland Raiders coming up Sunday in Oakland, California. Final game ever at the Coliseum. Should be a rowdy crowd. Our um, research on the Google machine. We uh, had some baseball questions since you were an Oakland A's fanatic. Turns out they were the last team to win. They were the last team to win three consecutive 72-3-4 World Series. The Yankees won three out of four in the late 90s. Yeah. Yeah, for the year good for the A's. Good for you. <laughs> um, so, but that yeah, the history of that stadium, obviously, and and everything that all the great Raiders games, NFL films, and all the great games that were played in that facility. Uh, this will be the last one, barring a, a crazy miracle with um, the Raiders getting off the mat and winning out down the stretch and having right. some help to get in. Well, what's that. funny is they thought it was the last one back in '95. That's right. Or ni- ni- uh, not 95. In 81 when they moved. 81, yeah. yeah so they moved to L.A. 
35 years later, this really is the last one. Hey, let's uh, we got some live television here. Let's uh, go ahead and get to our uniform <laughs> unveiling. The uh, Jaguars on up, Jimmy. are facing the Oakland Raiders this week, and uh, we'll find out from Jimmy Luck, head equipment manager. Uh, here, here he comes. Uh, what the uh, Jaguars will wear this Sunday. Uh, we've got a little conversation before then, though. This music every week means it's time for Jimmy Luck. Hi, Jimmy. How are you? What's up? I'm good. How's it going? It's good. Not Thanks for, um, you know. Yeah. On the fly, working through it here. Yeah, no worries. Switching up a little bit today. Uh, Let's start with the biggest news in the equipment industry last week. The Kansas City Chiefs lost like 37 bags, and um, they ended up in another town after the team arrived, and and there were thoughts, at least uh, written uh, reports, that they might have to forfeit the game if they didn't get there in time. How in the heck does something like that happen this day and age? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I haven't talked to those guys yet. Um, I'm going to let it kind of lie before. Uh, <laughs> idea. It's probably not real funny to joke about <laughs> exactly. yet. Exactly. <laughs> Even though I believe Mike Perkins has already called him and gave him a hard time. But, um, yeah, that's just one of those things we actually talked about it Sunday and um, and Monday morning with Hamza, our, you know, our travel team. Like, you know, what, what can we do to prevent something like this so it doesn't happen to us? Um, you know, it, it's crazy you had to think about that. But, yeah, you know. Things like this, glad it happened to somebody else. I feel horrible for him. It, you know, it's like any time, like I even hear kickers say, like kickers never root against guys. Right. So anytime, like you see an equipment guy, like teams playing in the rain or the snow, you always kind of like, man, that sucks. I know how that is. <laughs> so then you hear this, you're you're just like, oh man, I know exactly what they feel like. So, and it was one where it could have happened in any team. That's right. It just yeah. Fortunately for you, it happened in Kansas City. Yeah, didn't have it us. Hey, hey, J- Jimmy. Hey, Joe. Yeah. Is hey, it as Jeff. simple as just saying, you know, before you close the cargo bay on the airplane, somebody should look inside? <laughs> um, well, again, I don't know exactly what happened. There's a few things that maybe ha- did happen. Um, the way we kind of do our plane, it's a little different. We actually bring the cans off the plane because the way we load them on. Um, so we think maybe that would have prevented it from our standpoint. Um we're fortunate too. Like the planes we use, they don't leave; they stay at the airport. So, there's a few things that, like I said, Hums and I talking through it. We think maybe would you know maybe it wouldn't happen to us, but you know, knock on wood, yeah. like you know, could be something else. So, sure. but it kind of makes you reevaluate everything and you go through and you know you don't want to be that guy. Hey, make sure you check. But you know, maybe maybe you do have to say that. Yeah, I mean, everybody in the league's you know, gonna do that from now on. And just again, to yeah, check. And I, I mean, I feel horrible for yeah, those. Because everybody's logistics are a little different. It's not yeah. like every team has a plane specifically for it. Exactly. You think it's what it is, but it's really not. Teams don't really own planes. Exactly. Yeah. You're at the mercy of other uh, schedules sometimes. Yeah. So. And you know, there was a bunch of little things they couldn't really get in the night before. If they did, they had to go in super late. Um, you know, so there's a lot of little things that you know we're kind of tied into this and normally when there's things that go wrong it's a couple things have gone wrong and you know hopefully if one of those like i think they said uh there was something about the uh the three mile island accident like seven things went wrong Mm. and that was a disaster if any one of them had been found it wouldn't have happened so i don't know that's the way that would have been pretty close to Three Mile Island if they'd had to forfeit yeah. the game. Though. That's well, and that's sure. the other thing, too. You hear that, and you're like, man, would they really have made them forfeit? Or would you just like, hey, we're going to delay this like an hour? I mean, because they're already there. I the don't. fans are there. Like, I, I don't think we've seen that before. Yeah, so. oh, I know. Hey, the Patriots could have lent him some garb. Yeah, right, yeah. They rode around on Patriots <laughs> right. practice jerseys. Um, how about the well, final game in Oakland? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, as an equipment guy, as a football fan, I mean, being involved in the last game of the Coliseum is, is really cool. And But do you have to do anything different in terms of, you know, protecting from souvenir seekers or anything <laughs> like that in the final game? I, I did talk to the guys in Denver because um, I guess they played there last year thinking theirs was going to be the last game. Um, so there's, they said they did a few things. There's, there's supposed to be more security, I guess. Um, you know, hopefully they don't burn the stadium down before we get out of there. <laughs> That's where everybody's kind of joking this week. Um, you know, I can, I can just envision too, like people walking out with seats, mm-hmm. you know, it's got a row of seats walking out, you know, so hopefully they don't have any Jaguar trunks or anything. <laughs> Maybe we can bribe them. Like, Here, take this football. Don't take the Jersey trunk. <laughs> right. I like that. All right. So now uh, the Jags and the Raiders coming up. 4.05 kickoff time Eastern on Sunday at Oakland Alameda County Coliseum, the final game ever for the Raiders in Oakland. What will the Jaguars wear against the Raiders this Sunday? Right, so we're going with the, uh, the white jerseys. Very uh, cool. Like DJ it. Hayden there, former Raider. Yes, first-round pick of the Raiders. All-around good guy, too. Okay. And uh, black pants. White jersey, black mm-hmm. pants. In the black hole. In the, yeah, exactly. DJ Hayden, we heard from him just a moment ago. He wants to give him a big fat-ass L on the way out, he said. <laughs> <laughs> so, which is just like DJ to say that. I mean, he's been uh, – he's a good good guy, as you said, Jimmy. He's good to have her on this on this football team. Yeah, he's, he's pretty funny, too. A little, little comments like that. Yeah, right. A little, uh, little barb here or there. Uh, Jimmy, good stuff, as always. Thanks right, a lot. Appreciate having you early. And, and, by the way, happy belated birthday. It was his birthday yesterday, Jimmy. And Lund. yours is tomorrow. Tomorrow, that's right. Today is in between. Right. It's great to be 30. So we're going to blow it out tonight, me and JP. Oh, yeah, you're invited, John. Come on. Ah. Okay. <laughs> okay, he'll be there. <laughs> Jimmy Luck with us uh, back in a moment. Chris Conley coming up in just a little bit, and we'll get our players to watch as well. This is Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network. Step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Take home a delicious game day win with free delivery from Mellow Mushroom powered by DoorDash. Their signature stone-baked pizzas, sandwiches, and Mellow Munchies are the perfect play to score big with your family and friends. Order online at order.mellowmushroom.com and don't forget to follow on Facebook where the Roar of the Jaguars will make a special delivery to one lucky fan during every away game. Place your order today and get the taste that's deliciously Duval. Pinpoint, the official signage partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, helps business decision makers like you maximize the impact of their brand. Your company's identification, advertising, and even the words you use make an impression on your clients. With Pinpoint as your coach, you can make sure it's a good impression. Pinpoint provides the creative design and production services for anything you need to enhance your brand, from custom signage to complete marketing solutions. Step up your game with Pinpoint and create the ultimate brand experience for your clients. Visit experiencepinpoint.com. 
You've reached the Rookie Support Hotline. This is Peyton Manning. Your commitment to keeping Sunday laundry-free is truly inspiring, and Tide is committed to your commitment. You're making the world a better place for our rookies one week at a time. They grow up so fast. Remember, there are plenty of other days of the week, and Tide is America's number one detergent for all of them. If it's laundry night, it's got to be Tide. Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group, continues. The Jags and the Raiders coming up. J.P. Shadrick, John Osier, and our co-host, Chris Conley, joins us. Hi, Chris. How are we doing? It's good to be here today and, uh, you know, for another edition of this wonderful show and to be joined by one of my, honestly, one of my favorite people in this building from player engagement, Tim Owens. Tim Owens, welcome. Close Thank to the microphone, please. Thank you, yeah. sir. Thank eat, you for having me. Eat the microphone mic. etiquette. Eat the microphone mic. etiquette. I like it. Welcome in. Thank you, sir. Welcome Thanks in. Thanks for having me. So why is he one of your favorite guys? Tim, uh, player engagement is an interesting, an interesting thing. It, it encompasses the transition of players onto your team, into a new city, uh, onto a roster and into a locker room that they are not uh, used to, and then – helping streamline everyday life with preparation on the field and off the field to help them be the best pros that they can be to really compete at a high level um, for a team. And so really Tim has helped me in multiple ways, whether it's been preparing uh, for a season in a new city, uh, whether it's finding ways to overcome certain adversities that the game brings on or off the field and really just talking through some situations to be prepared mentally for Sunday and going out there. Uh, he has a lot of wisdom when it comes to that. Uh, he and MP do a great job of making sure that guys are locked in and, uh, and growing yeah. while, while playing the game. You mentioned MP, Marcus Pard. We have him on a good bit, though. I mean, the, the challenge, though, as you said, Chris, there's a lot of guys, especially this time of year, there's some churn at that, on that roster and some new guys coming in or it's a whirlwind environment. If you can settle them down a little bit, that, that helps them do their job better, right? Yes, sir. Um, it's all about relationships. Um, when the guys come into the office, you know, it's, I do more listening than anything, <laughs> which is great. Uh, because I get to know them as uh, as a player, get to know them as a person, not only the player. Uh, because most times in player engagement, we would take away, we ignore the number and focus on the name on the back. So it allows us to connect with them a lot more. Uh, and we talk about adversity. You know, we talk about a lot of things, but you know, just adversity that he brings up. Um, adversity can do one of three things: you can either define, destroy, or develop. And I, did you have a greater appreciation, Chris, for the uh, for the job coming in this year? Because this is really your first year of transition once in the NFL. Yeah, you know, um, free agency can be interesting, uh, and moving into a locker room. You know, there were there was about two guys on the roster before I got here that were here that I knew, uh, but other than that, it was completely new environment, completely new staff. Uh, just transitioning into the building was a little bit difficult uh, at first, not because you know people acted a certain way but because just the level of comfort and routine that you have football players are creatures of habit uh, and having to develop that again was difficult but having people in your corner who could ease that transition like Marcus and like Tim uh, has really made that 
made that easier and challenged me as well, um, you know, with Tim's background and wisdom when it comes to living life and, and, and overcoming adversities and, and struggles, whether it's mentally, whether it's physically, uh, really challenges me as a player to up my game and take it even farther and be able to go out there and do more. What's the biggest thing you try to tell guys when they come in? That they're all leaders. They're all leaders in their own right. Um, everybody has different leadership styles. I mean, look at us four. Um, we can have a significant, ta- we can have a task, and we might have four different ideas of getting that done. But the most important thing is the finished product. Um, but also finding a meaningful purpose for it. Not saying, because we're, we're neither one of us are perfect, um, but we can step back, analyze the actual situation, and realize, you know, come to fruition of what we would do going forward if you know, granted that opportunity again and how we would attack it. So it's the same thing to actually do on the football field and in the film room. Um, we just compare it, translate it to life, life skills. We're not leaders, Tim. Yes, sir. JP. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sure. I get it. It's nice of you to say. Yes, but let's sir. Just... See, the words, of, the words of Tim hold a lot of weight and gravity. You can just feel the wisdom in them. But then also when you know a little bit, like Tim, I don't know if everybody knows of your, of your history, your past. Would you like enlighten people a little bit so we know that as players and that in looking through that filter, it gives even more weight and gravity to the words that you say each day. Well, I'm a small country kid from Greenville, South Carolina. Um, grew up playing basketball. Um, then I actually transitioned over into uh, the Marine Corps um, in 1988. So uh, from there, I was uh, artillery, switched over to logistics right before the war, um, drill instructor, along with the other things other things I've actually done throughout my career actually turned into 20 years um, as far as leading men, lead, mentor, train, and educate the next generation, which is something that I actually absolutely enjoy. Anytime you come, you know, in an environment where leaders <laughs> to be infected, uh, to be um, affected by, you know, positive leadership and reinforcements, and teachers esprit de corps, um, a sound mind, sound discipline, and to get around a group of people that share the same vision that you have, to meet the meet the mission, obviously the mission here is to win football games and develop men of character. You, uh, this doesn't seem like the drill instructor demeanor, but can you turn that back on every once in a while or what? It's still there. <laughs> okay. It's still there. I don't, I, know, I don't know if I want to see it. Yeah, I, I kind of <laughs> want guys, to. Guys, guys, scares me. Drill instructor could use it. He can use it. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it's more. It comes out when provoked. But okay. these, but these guys. <laughs> These guys in the locker room, I mean, they, they make me better um, as far as being in the actual space. I, I, I tell them all the time, I you know, have this conversation with a lot of guys in the locker room. You know, not only they say, you know, Chris came here and said I make him a better, uh, better version of themselves. They do the same thing to me. So it's a, it's a catch-22 here. So all the team development. Chris, you were in the AFC West. And you've seen some games in the black hole, Oakland, Alameda County Coliseum. This will be mm-hmm. the final game in Oakland ever. They're moving to Las Vegas, of course. That's been the buildup this week. What can this team expect in Oakland for those who have not been out there before? Uh, well, in the team meeting today, uh, Coach asked, hey, who has played in the black hole before? And you had uh, very few sparse hands go up over the room. And so majority, great majority of this team has never played there. Uh, they don't really understand what the black hole is uh, and who the fans are, uh, but they are they are their own thing, their own group. That that stadium uh, is it's one of the tougher places to play, uh, 
because of multiple things. One of the things is the field. Uh, half the year is a baseball field. Um, it's an outfield. Uh, and there's dirt under it. So when they uh, put some of the grass in sometimes, it doesn't really take well. Uh, the field holds moisture, and so the grass does rip up easily. Uh, you'll see a lot of guys slipping and sliding and falling out there. Uh, depending on the forecast, uh, I've played in a number of rain games where you, it was just a mud bowl there. Um, and the wonderful thing about the stadium is it's so old that it leaks, and the locker room has about 50 lockers, which is not enough. <laughs> and those lockers are about yay wide, mm-hmm. uh, little wooden stalls, and the ceiling leaks. And so sometimes they're, the floor is moist, and then other times it's flooded. So other times you go into the locker room, and there are puddles of water, literal puddles of water in your locker where you can't put things on the ground. Uh, your feet are getting wet. Your cleats get wet. It's it's tough. And then uh, the field is the same way. And then the fans just match the environment. And they are about <laughs> as obnoxious as they can be. Think uh, raspy, rowdier New England Patriots fans. So they're they're obnoxious. There's an edge to uh, that. Yes, they will they will yell obscene things, and they take pleasure in being you know, members of the black hole. But all that being said, there's a lot of history, a lot of history in that stadium, a lot of history on that field, and you can feel it and hear it. They play uh, classic NFL film songs before the game, and they put highlights up there from from past years, like long, long time ago uh, football teams. And so you, you begin to feel a little bit of that nostalgia uh, and feel like you're playing in a classic football game, and it gets, it gets dirty. Love it. Love it. Uh, Got to go uh, as – as uh, DJ Hayden, former Raiders first-round pick, uh, told me earlier today, it, nothing be better to go give him a big fat ass L out there. That's what yeah. that's the way DJ's he put it. He's, he's ready. He's fired up, as you can tell. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I think this is a this is a great opportunity for us. You know, two teams that that really could use uh, a boost right now. Uh, I know for sure that we can. And um, you know, going into this week, you let everybody know that. Uh, you let them know that hey, we got to go out there and we got to prepare. You know. Oakland has struggled with some things. We've struggled with a lot of things. Uh, and so they're probably looking their chops, looking at this game too. But who's going to come out? Who's going to throw that punch? And who's going to be able to take punches repeatedly, get back up, and continue marching forward down the field until that clock hits 0-0? This is such a young team, Chris, especially now with some of the injuries. Uh, what are you telling some of the younger guys about the importance of these last three games? Uh, you know, you're a veteran, so you know, mm-hmm. you know the importance of – Good tape and a lot more than even that. Yeah, you know, this, this league can be volatile. Uh, there's a lot of turnover uh, in this league. And playing beyond – playing to your third year and playing beyond your third year is a blessing because a majority of guys don't make it mm-hmm. that far in this league. So telling a lot of guys, hey, what you put on tape is your resume, and that follows you everywhere. And that's not just a cliche. That it's, it is in, 100%. In January and February, that really comes 100%. out. 100%. Every team watches that tape. Every team – talks to other teams to see, hey, what is your work ethic? What kind of attitude does this person have? Is he going to be a leader in a locker room? Is he going to be poison, uh, cancerous in a locker room? Uh, how is he going to help us moving forward? Is he going to help or hinder us? Uh, is his production level higher than his maintenance? And so uh, just talking to guys and really just challenging them uh, in a young locker room to, to grow up quickly and to prepare like a pro. You know, you, you've had this whole season, even if you weren't the guy who was out there on the field, 
making those plays. You know, we have a lot of young guys playing yeah. on taking snaps on defense. Even if you weren't the guy out there making the plays on defense, you had so long to watch those guys in front of you and how they prepare, how they studied, how they watched film, how they took care of their bodies. At this point, you have no excuse going into these games. Uh, you're not a rookie anymore. Go out there, prepare correctly, play a solid game, and let's go get let's go get a W. They'll get a W in Oakland. That'd be a good way to close down the Coliseum and uh, get things back on track for the Jaguars. Thank you for coming in again, as always. Co-host, Chris, thank you. Chris Conley. Thank you. Tim, good to see you. Thank you. How did I do it my first time? You did a great job. Fantastic. Great job. <laughs> Wonderful. Fantastic job. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment. We'll get our players to watch for this game, and we'll wrap it up. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group and the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Workers' compensation and auto injury claims can be a hassle. Getting your prescriptions shouldn't be. At Smart Workers Pharmacy, they provide free home delivery of prescriptions with no upfront cost or hassle for the patient. They work with insurance companies and attorneys to handle the paperwork so you can focus on what's most important, getting better. If you're injured on the job or in an auto accident, ask your prescriber to send your prescriptions to Smart Workers Pharmacy. Visit smartworkerspharmacy.com to learn more. The official pharmacy of the Jacksonville Jaguars. At ViStar, we believe in better, better convenience, so members can bank any way they want, whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. You've reached the Rookie Support Hotline. This is Peyton Manning. Your commitment to keeping Sunday laundry-free is truly inspiring, and Tide is committed to your commitment. You're making the world a better place for our rookies one week at a time. They grow up so fast. Remember, there are plenty of other days of the week, and Tide is America's number one detergent for all of them. If it's laundry night, it's got to be Tide. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group. Our thanks to Chris Conley, our co-host every week, and Tim Owens from the Player Development Office for swinging in. He had no idea he was coming on the show, but he did a fine he did, job. He, he, good yes. job. Good job. Uh, and Chris always does a fantastic job. He has quite a history against, uh, at least playing against the Oakland Raiders, and we'll see if the Jags can get something jump-started this week. Sunday, and the final game ever at the Black Hole. Let's get our players to watch for this game, John, and then we'll... Um, We'll move along. Yeah. I'll start with mine today. All right, uh, good. Uh, mine aren't that hard. Okay, well. Gardner Minshew, do well. quarterback. <laughs> might have heard of him. He has a mustache. Uh, here's what he did last week, 162 yards, a touchdown. The offense uh, sputtered. Uh, you know, they had the, the long drive early for a field goal, and then they couldn't get much going sustained after that. The defense was giving up a lot on the other side, too. Didn't help much. But, hey, we're still looking to see down the stretch here the last three games 
what he really is and what yeah. this franchise feels about him going into the offseason. There are big questions, of course, at the top of the organization to be answered at some point. But Gardner Minshew was a draft pick last year. You, you get the feeling he's going to be around here for a while. What can he really do down the stretch, I think, is a big question starting this Sunday. Yeah, it's, it's still a small sample size, and there's still a lot of potential there, and he's done a lot of good things. He's at the, he's at the point now, though, where his last two starts have been 26-3 loss, 45-10 loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a little bit of the same pattern with the offense not effective. Many reasons for that, not at all just on Gardner. But you, know, you want to break out of that streak because if you have another couple of games like that, then the book becomes, well, he was okay for a while, and now defenses have what? Figured him out. So I don't necessarily think that's all that has happened, but he definitely needs to break out of that and not have that be a trend. Yes, that's why I picked him. So uh, Gardner Minshew, the second Jaguars quarterback, is my first one. Uh, the, the other one for me is a position group this week, and it's the linebackers, obviously. I mean, that, that has been the, the focal point over the last few weeks, and uh, things have broken down in a number of places on the defense. But can this group figure some things out? They've tried different names in different places, different guys, and you got guys on injured reserve. When you look at the linebacker room right now, Dakota Allen just joined the team. Austin Calitro's been around, but he hasn't had a lot of time on the field. Joe Giles Harris is up now and, and active on the roster. Leon Jacobs is a strong side. Donald Payne has a bunch of tackles the last couple of weeks. A lot of them are down the field a little bit. Quincy Williams, that's the linebacker crew right now. So who of these guys can step up and, and really get something going at that linebacker second level? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, that's the big question. I, I, yeah, and I'm not sure there's a good answer. Uh, you look at that crew that's going to start. Uh, Leon Jacobs, I think, is solid, strong side. Quincy Williams has really struggled uh, for the most part this season. And then you have Donald Payne, who had a good game, but he's, you know, He's an undrafted uh, player who's in his third year and, and was out of football in September. Um, it's not rocket science to figure out that a lot of the 200-yard rushing games, the, uh, the linebackers are struggling, and I don't know that they'll necessarily play better. I, I hope they do, but we haven't seen a body of work to suggest it, which brings us to one of my yes. players to watch. Uh, I'll reverse it a little bit. I chose Ronnie Harrison as my defensive player to watch mainly because I don't necessarily think that the linebackers are going to be able to play that well. So Andrew Wingard uh, came in, played for Ronnie Harrison, but uh, Ronnie Harrison's supposed to be the better of the two players. Maybe Ronnie Harrison's presence in the middle of the defense can help them be a little bit less vulnerable up the middle. Um, that's that's where, they, that's where they are right now. Yeah, I don't necessarily think it's going to happen. That's, that's the what you hope. And it's sort of another, a little bit uh, tongue-in-cheek for the tight end. I mean, offensive player to watch, I'm going yes. with uh, Seth, De- Seth DeValve. Okay. DeValve is the man. I see what you did there. This week. Thank you. Uh, and he hasn't played in four games because of the oblique. He had a couple of stats at tight end earlier. Uh, six catches, 68 yards. Maybe they can get something in the middle of the field to get some relief off the sides. Uh, I'm all in, JP, on Seth DeBow. 
you, you use him in the running game as well as a yeah. lead back sometimes. He'll line up as an H-back and do that kind of stuff and then go out and, and, and pass and, routes. And, and being and a little it. facetious. But he started 15 games. They brought him in. He's a serviceable NFL tight end. Yeah. Uh, let's see if they can get something out of that position. They got a, they got their only touchdown from Nick O'Leary last week. But, uh, you know, tight end has been so deficient. Maybe they get something out of it and, uh, you know, but realistically, that positions are reset in the offseason no matter what happens. I, I agree with that. Uh, there you have it. Our players to watch. Seth yeah. DeValve, Ronnie Harrison. I've got Gardner Minshew the second, and the linebackers. Yep. And the Jags get the Raiders this Sunday, 4.05 Eastern time kickoff in the final game ever at the Oakland Coliseum. Uh, John, uh, well done. Thank you very much. Thank you, JP. I will talk to you tomorrow. We'll be here. John Ozier, senior writer. I'm J.P. Shadrick. Thanks to our entire crew. And we'll catch you next time. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network.